WLEW Sports Network presents the Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Rochelle Thompson, and Dan Banky. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri Valley Services. The weather has turned, the sun has already set, and the quest for a state championship is underway. Tonight, the Harbor Beach Pirates play host to the Michigan Lutheran Seminary Cardinals in some Saturday night football action. Good evening and hello from the friendly confines of Harbor Beach, Michigan. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, and I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for tonight's broadcast. Alongside of me, as always, is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hanson. Thank you, Clark. I'm happy to be here. It was uh, very strange watching college football this afternoon and then having to come to a high school football game tonight. So a little different atmosphere, but still ready to go. We find ourselves with a special Saturday night broadcast tonight from the shores of Lake Huron in the MHSCA Division 8 playoffs. As familiar as this facility may be to everyone, there's a different feeling here tonight. It's not snow. It's not colder temperatures. It's not even the stiff wind off the lake. It's a smell and feel of playoff football in the air. Uh, yes, so we can taste it. And up here, I know there's a handful of us that it's like Christmas to us. We can't wait. This is our favorite time of the year. This is our best present. It's high school football in the playoffs, and our local teams have gotten off to a great start uh, the, as of last night. The Michigan Lutheran Seminary Cardinals enter the postseason for the second straight year, but are looking to get out of the first round of the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Don't let their 6-3 and three record fool you. Saginaw MLS has the ability to spread opposing defenses thin with their multiple offensive weapons. They sure do. They are fun to watch. Uh, a few years back, they played the Lakers, and they are speedy. They are athletic, so they will challenge this Harbor Beach defense that is ranked quite highly. Harbor Beach began their playoff push with an undefeated record again for the second straight year. After bowing out in the state semifinals last year, the Pirates have some unfinished business they would want to attend to. They're going to need to ignite their high-flying offense and hard-hitting defense early tonight if Harbor Beach wants to get back to Fort Field. No doubt, and we've seen moments where they've been really good. We've seen drives. We've even seen some quarters of great football, but they need to do that for a lot more. You're listening to your home for high school football, the W. LW Sports Network, Michigan Lutheran Seminary at Harbor Beach in the MHL. SAA playoffs. Tonight's presentation of the W at the W Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor, the talk of the thumb, and DS Services of Cassidy for all of your agricultural needs. The Heron Daily Tribune, home of the Prep Zone, Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns. More motor sales of Carrow and more shoreline of Seapwing. Huron Auto Parts, Elber Insurance Agency of Harbor Beach and Port Hope. Dirty Time Landscaping. North Star Bank, guiding the way. Countryside Sales and Service in Stacks Market of Owendale. The Michigan High School Athletic Association, Ensure. Better health, better life, are you sure? Internet services are provided by Agar Valley Services and the Blazing Spieler TrueNet 4G Wireless Network. Go to agarvalleyservices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcasts a copyright presentation of the Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction without the expressed written consent of the W of the W Sports Network is strictly, strictly prohibited. prohibited. When you look back at a 12-month calendar, every person always has a few dates they immediately pencil in. For some, it might be Christmas, the local festival weekend, deer hunting, or perhaps the start of boating season. 
which lately has been late June or early August. For others, and myself in particular, the anticipation of the start of March Madness and the beginning of the football playoffs is unlike any other. There's a buzz in the air. The game is the topic of every dinner table across the thumb, and the exhilaration of sudden death football is real. And speaking of the real deal, it's my broadcast partner for eight years, Dave Hanson. Thank you, Clark. Uh, the only one I'd add is the beginning of football season. It's just it's such a, a long hiatus before they come back. So, uh, yes, yeah, so this is that type of season uh, on steroids. We can't wait for high school playoffs. Since 2012, Dave and myself have been able to be part of some historic runs for our local teams. Entering tonight, Dave and I have broadcasted eight district championships, seven regional finals, five state semifinals, in three state championship games. And the thing, Dave, that when you first started, this was on a week-to-week fill-in basis. It was. We uh, we always get a chuckle with that story, and it was a last-minute fill-in uh, as uh, the great Ron Lehrman hit the injured reserve list uh, right before the season started. And uh, you told me if you'd do one week, I'd find somebody to cover you the next week, and I think you quit looking. I'm just not sure when. Just remember, Dave, you're my third choice. <laughs> yeah, I, I realize that. Yeah, all right. I realize that. <laughs> with Dave to my right, which means to my left would be Mr dining with Doug himself, Doug Cole. For seven years now, each and every week, our director of sports information has been running the roads all the way from Livonia, Michigan. Doug handles both the offensive and defensive stats simultaneously. Doug, for a few weeks, your commute was getting shorter, but now here we are back at Harbor Beach. Well, I don't mind it because I love coming here to Harbor Beach. Uh, it's a great town, great people, and I'm ready for a great game. Well, hopefully they got some great places to eat. Where'd you stop? Uh, well, I actually stopped at Smalley's uh, with the crew here. So uh, it was a great time. I had some perch and uh, french fries, and it was delicious. Does it get the Doug Cole seal of approval? For sure. All Absolutely. Right. Moves on. Ring the bell, and Dining with Doug will continue another week. And uh, this is the first time, actually, that we I witnessed Dining with Doug in the flesh. I, I experienced it. It's like any, un, unlike any other, it's like I'm baptized once again, Dave. I can, I can picture this being very detailed and very quiet and just focused on the what he's going to say later. I can just see that in you, Doug. It was like you were there. <laughs> and you can check out the picture even on our Facebook page. Just search for WLW Sports and you'll find a before and after photo to prove that Doug did enjoy his perch dinner from Smalley's. Even after being squeezed into a corner in Sandusky, our director of game data analytics has returned, Rochelle Thompson. She gets the pleasure to compile a running game log of what is happening and automatically tabulates first, third, and fourth down conversion rates as well of time as possession. Plus, with our new TV mounts, you can see her work that much easier, Dave. Yeah, you won't find a better setup anywhere, uh, except maybe Ford Field. That's about it. And for those listening at home, it's beautiful. I really tell you, it's a beautiful radio booth. We have our, we mounted our TVs for all of our stats directly above the windows here. So we have full statistics, full data right in front of us, no matter where we look. And for the fourth time all season, we have the entire broadcast team together tonight, donning our new vests even. Speaking of a good-looking crew, this is a darn good-looking crew. So much breathable, breathable uh, arm span here tonight with these vests. Anyway, Dan Benke is our eye in the sky in the evening, uh, despite myself calling him Doug Cole every so often. Yeah, that's all right. He doesn't mind. He takes that as a compliment, I'm sure. But we are great to have Doug or, or Dan, whoever he is, back in the back in the booth helping us locate who's got the football and helping us out. Well, I will say I won't make that a, a mistake again because Dan does not have a mustache. That is true. That, that is, that really is going to help stand out the difference, the for other, sure. What you really should see, folks, is Doug Cole's mustache. He's doing it for a good cause. Uh, Doug, what uh, what are you do- are you raising are you raising money or is it for what is it? So what it is is uh, we're from um, the place where I work at. Um, we're just having a competition. Uh, who has the best mustache at the end of the month? And um, you can donate at least five dollars to charity if you participate. So uh, whoever wins the competition. Uh, 
takes all the money and um, whatever whatever charity you want. Yep. What charity are you planning on using if you win? Oh, when, if when he wins. When if oh, if you and know when. what? There's a lot. Of, I haven't really thought about it yet, but there's a lot of great charities. I always love uh, handing it back to our veterans, um, our our people who serve. I like our animals shelters. Maybe one of those. Wow. Well, you'll have plenty of time to think about on your way here and back every week up uh, to the thumb from Livonia. And the fun does not end tonight. Join us on the Strong Side tomorrow night, Sunday at 7 p.m. Back at its normal time slot, the Strong Side takes place every Sunday at 7 p.m. for the remainder of the football season with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, and Paul P. Adams. Yeah, tune in. We'll, we'll catch you up on all the games that you missed, all the stats, all the big news, and then take the last half of the hour to preview where our local teams are going and who they're playing against and uh, what their odds are winning. Tonight we find ourselves with some primetime Saturday night football Michigan Lutheran Seminary at Harbor Beach. We have much more to come, so keep it locked on. The WLW Sports Network being powered by Agar Valley Services. You're listening to the Game of the Week on the WLW Sports Network, Michigan Lutheran Seminary at Harbor Beach. I'm Dave Hanson, but now we pass it down to Clark Ramsey, who is with Troy Schelke in the Harbor Beach locker room. Clark? Thanks, Dave. I'm being joined right now by head coach of the Harbor Beach Pirates for 23 years, Troy Schelke. Good to have you. Thanks a lot, Clark. I appreciate it. So, Saginaw, Michigan Lutheran Seminary coming to town today. What do you expect? Yeah, they're very explosive offensively. Uh, they do a lot of things similar to what we do in the spread and maybe a few more things. Playmakers all over the field, a big, strong offensive line, so they're going to be tough to stop. And then defensively, very aggressive. They usually play a four-man front, but they mix up their fronts, and they're, they're coming downhill fast, so we're going to have to be on our game. The past few weeks, Harbor Beach's offense scored on, for Harbor Beach standards, a little less than normal. What do you expect out of your offense today? Do you figure they're going to flip that switch back on for the playoffs? You know, it's been a struggle for us the last three weeks, but I think we played good opponents. But we're trying to get that fourth quarter mentality. You know, at times we've dominated defensively the last three weeks. At times we've dominated offensively, but we haven't quite put it together. So we want to get that mindset where we have that fourth quarter mindset right away because we played really well at times, especially late in games when we have to play well. Now we have to bottle that and play, play a whole game like that. How's practice been this week with the weather? Really good. Uh, had a great practice, probably the best practice of the week. Two nights ago, uh, Thursday night, uh, it was raining and the wind was blowing and just had an outstanding practice and kids were enthusiastic. We always get a bump when the JV comes up. So it's, it's been a great week of practice. How essential is it for getting those JV kids to have the experience to be on varsity through this playoff run? Yeah, we were really happy. All 15 volunteered to come up. You know, sometimes you have uh, two or three that don't want to. But it's always a mistake. You know, anytime you get a chance to play more football, anytime you get to compete against older competition, uh, if you're if you're really getting after it, you you are bound to get better. So it's a great deal for them, and it it increases our energy big time too. It seems like seminaries offense favors around their quarterback Max Nordley. How do you approach that into the game? Yeah, they have you know two two good quarterbacks, ten. I think is their is their number one guy, but then twenty four is pretty good too. So, yeah, they they put the ball in his hands and uh, they're going to run it, they're going to throw it, and then they have you know weapons all around him. So uh, it's going to be a little different challenge maybe than what it's been the last three weeks. We've seen kind of ground and pound with pass mixed in. Now it's going to be a little bit more spread, spread run, and spread pass. Do you approach this week any different than previous weeks in the regular season? 
We usually don't, but we are trying to this week. We've, I think the last three weeks we've been the hunted, or all season really, we've been the hunted, and we've handled that all right, but not great. Now we're trying to flip that script, and we're trying to be the hunters again. Everybody's in the same boat now. It doesn't matter if you're 9-0, 6-3, 5-4. and, 0, six and, three, five and four. So we are the hunters again, and we want to get it and have that type of approach. Thanks, Coach, and good luck today. Yep, thanks, Clark. Looking forward to the game here today. That was head coach Troy Shelley for the Harbor Beach Pirates before today's game against Michigan Lutheran Seminary. It's time for a short break, and we'll return. We'll head back up to the booth and host our media roundtable right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com, being powered by Agar Valley Services. We'll be right back. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. And also now on podcast format, go to iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast, and just search for WLW Sports, and you'll find all of our replays of every broadcast. It's now our segment we like to call the Media Roundtable on WLW Sports Network. We'll gather up as many football aficionados as possible and pit them against each other for bragging rights. Joining me today from the Huron County View, the Bryce Harper of newspapers, Paul P. Adams, our in-game analyst for WLW Sports, Dave Hansen, from the Sandal County News, Mr. In-Depth himself, Mike Gallagher, and our Director of Sports Information at the WLW Sports Network, Doug Cole. Through the end of the season, we will keep score of our game's predictions, and when that time comes, we will deem a Media Roundtable winner. Last broadcast, Dave Hansen grabbed his second victory of the season, so now the standings are Doug Cole, 4, Dave Hansen, 2, Mike Gallagher, 1, Paul P. Adams, 0. Uh, that reaction there's, was great, Paul. Yeah, there's, there's too bad you can't see it. There's absolutely nothing to say there. I don't know. You, you got 007 going there. That's about yeah. all I can see. That's nothing much to say about you. All yours. I can say, boys, is I started my day in uh, Jackson, Michigan today. I made my way to MIS, and uh, all day... I was just thinking about uh, getting back here in time to make my pick in, on the air, and hopefully that'll that'll change my luck a little bit. Meanwhile, you have the silent killer over here, Doug Cole, who's leading by two games over Dave Hansen. <laughs> well, now he's got that stash going for him, so yeah. he's even got more mojo on his side. Well, I hope, I'm, I hoping, I'm hoping that distracts him. If I lose this week, I'm shaving it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how it works, each meter representative picks a winner with the final score for tonight's feature game on the WLW Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most, most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner, then I, Clark Ramsey, will graciously accept the victory for the week. Since Dave won last broadcast, he will go last, followed with second most recent winner, which is Doug, and so on. So the order tonight, leading bat off is, or lead off is uh, Paul P. Adams, Mike Gallagher, Doug Cole, and then Dave Hansen. Paul P. Adams, the tee is yours. All right. Uh, bat- leading, uh, batting lead off for the eighth straight week, I think. Yes, uh, um, yes indeed. Before I make my pick, I, I do want to say something. These picks are just made for fun, and uh, the, the, the I think the, the, a couple weeks ago when I picked Harbor Beach to win very a very large margin. People almost drove off the road and couldn't believe the, the yeah, margin that I picked them. Don't give that much credit. Um, well, no, believe me, my phone blew up. We're just making these things for fun, and it was a strategic pick on my part. No, with that, not. With that, <laughs> with here, that here said. Here it comes again, folks. Yep. With that said. Now uh, he has every excuse a, in the book to say that he's going to lose again. Here I had go. a dream. Oh. I had a dream last night. I, I did. I had a dream, and uh, I don't have much more to add other than a score came to me. In, in my sleep, and it was Harbor Beach 38, Saginaw MLS 12. And, uh, you know, so I'm hoping 
I'm hoping this vision that I saw paid off. 38 to 12, a 26 point victory for Paul P. Adams from the Huron County View. We have not heard from Mike Gallagher yet, so we will give him until 7 o'clock tonight to get his pick in. Otherwise, he goes for the default pick. And now we move on to Doug Cole. Well, you know, we've never covered MLS, so uh, we don't know too much about them. Um, he, you just never know with the playoffs, as you as we um, see um, in, uh, coming up with the scores. There are some upsets uh, throughout the uh, uh, region. So with that, I'm going to go Harbor Beach 36, um, MLS 18. 36 to 18, an 18 point victory for the Harbor Beach Fires, according to Doug Cole. And now we move on to our in-game analysis, Dave Hanson. Well, gentlemen, don't know a lot about Saginaw MLS either, other than they like to spread it out, they're very athletic, and they have a quarterback that is absolutely outstanding, and we'll cover that in the next segment. Um, if he plays, that changed the, the, the dynamic of this team. Um, they were heavily favored early in the season. They were right there in the top five state ranking in Division Eight, and they completely fell out of it with three losses. But he missed some games in there, and I don't know if he's coming back or not, but the way these picks are coming in from you guys, um, it kind of helps me make my decision. I, I also believe that Harbor Beach's defense and offense are good enough to slow them down, and this offense needs to produce. Today may be that day. I hope it is, but the defense is going to have to come up big. I have Harbor Beach winning by 16 points. I have a score of 30 to 14. 30 to 14, according to Dave Hansen, a fake and win for the Harbor Beach Pirates. And uh, if we do not hear from Mike, that means you will have MLS by 26 points. We'll give him until 7 o'clock. Let's take a look at the other area scores from this past weekend, mostly last night. And this is the, actually the only game remaining of the local area teams. In eight-player football, this is the Division One, the larger schools. Mayo takes out Mayville 34-22. to Kingston beats up Misek 58-22. Morris blanks New Haven Merritt 46-0. And Deckerville takes care of the Flint International House of Pancakes 66-6. The only thing you can take from there, Mayville really hung hung uh, well with Mayo. We almost had two NCTL regional champions uh, championships for next weekend. But uh, uh, I, I got to think Kingston has a very good shot at beating Mayo next week, uh, uh, just judging by the score that, that Mayville was able to, to put on them. And also that other region regional championship, Deckerville and Morris, that's a game I would pay good money to see. And if that if that game does end up being played on Saturday, I'll probably end up – end up there but i'm not paying money to see it <laughs> definitely and again they 112 points scored between the two of them deckerville morris are, are on a collision course next week can't wait to find out what that game time is because that game is going to be one worth keeping your eye on if you can't make it moving on to division two in eight player football north here on beats peck 44 to 12 for the second time this year and portland st patrick blanks the catholics of bay city bay city all saints 45 nothing for Portland St. Patrick. Hey, I, I love that win for North Huron. Uh, they had more wins. They've beaten Peck already and had to go to Peck. Uh, just it's a just leaves a bad taste in your mouth, and I don't think that went well for Peck. I thought North Huron come out, guns a-blazing, a little bit ticked off, and that maybe what they needed, put up a nice 45 spot on Peck. It was a nice showing. I agree completely, Dave. Uh, the last time those two teams played, uh, North Huron had to come back in the second half and pull away for the win. Uh, they put the hammer down right from the start. And I, I think that was a team that was totally focused and feels like they, they, they got the shaft a little bit having to go on the road. In Division 7. We had two area teams play last night. That'd be the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers hosting Madison Heights, Bishop Foley, and on All Saints Day, Lakers took care of Bishop Foley 56-19 to advance to take on the winner of Cass City Sandusky and the Red, Red Hawks take out the Redskins 
40 nothing in Cass City. So it's Cass City against Lakers next Friday. Didn't know a lot about Bishop Foley, but I know enough about him now that the, a banged-up Lakers team absolutely hammered him. And they quietly are playing some of their best football going forward, missing a lot of important pieces. Um, not worried, though. This Cass City team handled them the first time. They are rolling. Uh, they're using Santa Cathrell limitedly, um, and they still are a fantastic football team. It should be a good one, but I think Cass City is on their way to their first district title. How about that for Lakers, though? A team that, when they finished the regular season, probably didn't think they would get a home game. Not only did they get a home game, they, they hammered their, their opponent. Uh, great win for a team that's banged up and has a lot of young players. Great experience for them, and they'll get to play for a district championship. And the winner of that one will take on the winner of Madison Heights Madison in Detroit Loyola. In Division 8, Ubley and USA squared off in Ubley last night, and it was actually the exact same differential as week number one, except two more points for both teams. Final score, Ubley 30, USA 8. USA scored first in that ballgame, and then Ubley rattles off 33 points. Too many mistakes. I listened to that game on Thumb Tailgater last night, and uh, uh, USA... I thought was in that game for a long time, but too many turnovers, too many penalties, and Ugly made them pay for every single mistake they made. We always say it about Ubley, they're fundamentally sound, they're disciplined, they hustle, they play for four quarters, and this team was rewarded with a big win, and hopefully they are looking at this game closely to find out who they play next week. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll be taking a look at the Michigan Lutheran Seminary Cardinals right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Being powered by Agar Valley Services. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Rochelle Thompson, and Dan Benke. From the friendly confines of Harbor Beach, Michigan, as the Saginaw Michigan Lutheran Seminary Cardinals are in town in the first round of the MHSAA Division 8 playoffs. Michigan Lutheran Seminary is quite often referred to as Saginaw MLS, which after some additional thought is the equivalent of calling the Warriors as Kindy North Huron, which uh, irks every alumni, especially Paul P. Adams, so I'll try my best to use the proper terminology tonight, such as Michigan Lutheran Seminary, Seminary, or the Cardinals, or just MLS. Much like Harbor Beach in the past decade, the Cardinals are no stranger to the postseason since 2010. MLS has made it to the playoffs eight times, including the state semifinals in 2014 and 16. Carl Schmuggy has been at the helm for the Lutherans since 2009. And, and Coach Schmuggy has been quite successful. He's won uh, 65% of his games. He's 75-39 and 39 overall. He's been coaching for 11 years, 114 games under his belt. And he's got some accolades himself. He's got three district titles, a couple regional titles, but no conference titles but keep in mind they used to play with a school you may have heard of Ithaca yeah that Tri-Valley West that's a tough conference there yes it was seminary's offense for the past couple of years has been focused around their quarterback and for good reason Max Nordley is originally from Lake Orion but has a strong long family lineage with Michigan Lutheran Seminary regardless there are some questions revolving around whether he will or will not play tonight due to illness but looks like he's suited up and ready to play he's definitely suited up we'll see if he uh, he gets the nod tonight but last year he was as a junior, 1,200 yards passing to go with 1,000 yards rushing. Keep in mind, he did not play against Reese last week in a game that really was quite close and uncomfortably close for Saginaw MLS. Uh, but this season, he's 30 of 64 passing, 360 yards and seven TDs. A.J. Alcorn took over for him while he was gone. Another season, uh, another senior 
He's the guy that's going to come in if he can't play or maybe even spell him a bit. And in four games, he threw for 396 yards and three TDs as well, and actually 36 more than Nordley did in half the game. So he's very capable as well. Regardless of who is throwing the ball, Nordley or Alcorn, their favorite receiver is without a doubt Ethan Maeda. Absolutely. Maeda is their top cornerback as well. He's got a, he's only got 11 catches on the season, but one yard shy of 404 of them went for touchdowns. He's averaging 36 yards a catch. He is their deep threat. He is their playmaker. Uh, he is a guy that Harbeach is going to have to double team. Last week against Reese, he caught three balls for 110 yards and a touchdown. Clearly, Seminary is not afraid to air the ball out. On average, the Cardinals pass the ball about 10 times per game while completing five of them. But on top of that, they'll run the ball 30 times for about 200 yards per game. That's because of a backfield with plenty of options. They sure do. Uh, your, your lead back, though, the primary ball carrier is 36, Hayden Hain. Uh, he also plays defensive back on defense, another senior. Last week he had 14 carries for 107 yards and a, and a touchdown. The rest of the team... Only was able to muster five total yards. He's got 590 yards on the season and 10 TDs, averages a little over seven yards a carry. And Eli Slanger and Lucas Legallo are the other backs to keep an eye on. They are the change of pace backs. Uh, Slanger only has 35 carries on the season. And for Legallo, he's only got 18. So more of your fullback change of pace rolls. Defensively, Michigan Lutheran Seminary has three shutouts to their credit and through nine games are giving up just 8.8 per game. Part of that defensive attack is their safety, Max Norley, but on top of that, they have a big line that can affect opponents' timing and ability to move the ball. Absolutely. Harbor Beach has a big defensive line and a playmaker in the secondary known as Michael Anderson. So these teams on paper actually line up very similarly. And when Harbor Beach runs predominantly spread, that's what you're going to hear Saginaw MLS do. So uh, a team that runs the spread obviously practices it understands where the gaps are and knows how to defend it. So two very evenly matched teams when it comes to playbooks. It'll be which coach and which team makes the least amount of mistakes to win today. We'll see how they fare against Harbor Beach tonight as kickoff is in 20 minutes right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at www.sports.com being powered by Anger Valley Services. MLS at HB. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network Saturday night primetime action as the Harbor Beach Pirates host the Michigan Lutheran Seminary Cardinals. When looking back at the last decade for Harbor Beach, it's perhaps one of the most impressive 10 years of any area program. Tonight begins another postseason campaign in which the Pirates will try and add to their five district and four regional titles, four semifinal appearances in one state championship all since 2011. One of the keys has been consistency at the top of the program, and head coach Troy Shelke certainly fits that bill. Now into his 23rd season, Shelke is not only the winningest coach in program history, but he's also coached the most games as well, surpassing Jack Dillon's 240 at Harbor Beach. Tonight is his 245th game. You're absolutely right. 23 years at the helm. He's won 69% of his games. He's 169 and 75. He has 11 seasons with at least nine wins, uh, which is very impressive. And he has six seasons with at least 11 wins. So those show you some, some nice playoff runs. Hopper Beach entered the regular season with the second most prolific offense in the Greater Thumb Conference, averaging just over 40 points per game. Part of that high-potent offense is the essential and creative play at the quarterback position. 
Troy Schalke has found yet another quality quality program quarterback with junior play caller Dylan Kadar. Absolutely, and he is very important to this offense. His ability to pass the ball and run the football, keeping it from his running backs, is a a threat that is crucial to this Harbor Beach offense and making plays when things break down. He's got 77 pass attempts on the season. 47 of them are completed for 839 total yards and 11 passing TDs. And he's got 320 yards rushing and four TDs to go with that. So he, he shows the versatility. They need him to make some big plays tonight and moving forward if there's more. As a team, Harbor Beach has put together just under 3,000 yards of offense, and 2,096 of those have come from the ground game. It goes without saying that they have a load of strong horses. Yeah, Devin Puff is the lead back senior. He plays middle linebacker as well. He's got 88 of those carries for 617 yards and 11 TDs. He averages seven yards per carry. Uh, Doesn't have the stats that you'd think he'd have because with Michael Anderson, transitioning into a running back more so this year. He's got 65 carries for another 500 yards and 11 TDs of his own, averaging 7.8 yards per carry. So both of them can really hurt you. Devin Puff is more of your power power back where Michael Anderson is the shifty speedier back and don't rule out Ethan Hessling too he's a, a true fullback averages about four and a half yards a carry he's got four TDs and just about 200 yards rushing on the season but on top of running the ball quite well to the tune of seven yards per carry as a team the Pirates have a handful of wide receivers who can flip the field with a single play and absolutely and that versatility is Michael Anderson he is the main target but he is also going to get every team's best defender he's got 19 catches for 270 yards and three TDs but the other guys are the ones that are going to have to come up big. you got to catch that football when it comes their way. Nathan Seaman and Luke Woodkey, those are the two big ones. Uh, they have eight TDs combined between the two of them and about 500 yards receiving. They Both of them average over 20 yards a catch. Uh, they're big bodies. They're, they're all 6'2 or bigger, and they can go down the field and make catches in in traffic, and that is their way of creating big plays when they need one, allowing Dylan Kadar to just loft it down there and having those big guys go get it. To match Harbor Beach's number two offense in the Greater Thumb Conference, they also boast the number two defense, second only to Cass City. The most points they've given up in any game was just a few weeks back against Sandusky, 20. They've had five games where they've allowed a touchdown or less in each of them. This defense has been points-wise outstanding. We are just 13 minutes away from kicking off between Harbor Beach and Michigan Lutheran Seminary, and you're listening to your home for high school football, the W at W Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021. You're listening to Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WWSports.com. Saginaw MLS at Harbor Beach tonight with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Rochelle Thompson, Dan Banky from the friendly confines of Harbor Beach on the shores of Lake Huron. As the migrating bird flies, it's 71.8 miles from Michigan Lutheran Seminary in downtown Saginaw to Harbor Beach High School. By vehicle, you're looking at an 88-mile journey taking roughly an hour and 42 minutes. M58 to 675 until you hit M10. Turn left until M25. From there, technically, you could stay on M25 from Bay City all the way to Harbor Beach. That is highly not recommended. In regards to school size, in the eyes of the MHSA, MLS has 189 Lutherans enrolled in high school. That makes them the eighth small school in Division 8. Harbor Beach has 207 Pirates in high school, right in the middle of Division 8, the 17th largest school or 15th smallest. So as far as the student population goes, it's Harbor Beach by 18. 
Tonight marks the first time that Michigan Lutheran Seminary and Harbor Beach have fl- played each other. But this is the third Lutheran school that Harbor Beach has played in history. From 1981 to 1983, Harbor Beach faced off with Macomb Lutheran North and then Detroit Lutheran West in 1980. Of those four games, they've won just one. In the world of offensive production, Harbor Beach has a touchdown and a field goal advantage over MLS. The Pirates are averaging 40.3 per game entering tonight. The Cardinals have been scoring 30.8 per week, so on offense, it's Harbor Beach by 9.5. On the defensive front, both teams are solid. Both Harbor Beach has a slight advantage, though. Through the regular season, Michigan Lutheran Seminary is allowing just 8.8 per game on defense. That sounds great until you compare it to Harbor Beach, who are giving up just 7.8 per contest. On defense, it's Harbor Beach by one point. Las Vegas has set their line for the night. They're confident in that line. Unless it's wrong, our colleagues at the Ohio State University and LeBron James Hong Kong Sports Wagering Department set her factory in all possibilities. Stance, injuries, weather, and location. The spread for tonight sits at Harbor Beach, 13.5 points. Today is the... 306th day of the year, meaning just 59 days until New Year's Eve. And for those who are just joining us, welcome to our Week 10 broadcast between Michigan Lutheran Seminary and Harbor Beach. Thank you for listening to tonight's game. Whether you're listening at home, you are abroad, or perhaps heading to church. Which, Dave, that brings me to this week's trivia question. All right, let's do it. Michigan Lutheran Seminary was founded on August 16, 1885, with one teacher and six students in Manchester, Michigan, in Washtenaw County in southeast Michigan. Two years later, the St. Paul congregation in Saginaw donated two acres to create a new campus, which is where the current campus still exists. The question to you, though, Dave, is since its opening in 1885, there has been a graduating class every single year, with the exception of three years. Why? Hmm. Well, uh, since 1885, I would go with what I would assume would be the most obvious, some sort of war, world war, some sort of uh, civil war, something along that line. Well, it's not because of a war, but because in 1907, the Michigan Synod had a split in disagreement with the Michigan Syn- Wisconsin Synod and caused attendance to drop dramatically. Three years later, in 1910, the Michigan Synod re-established ties with Wisconsin. Classic Luthers. <laughs> All right, now we listen in to PA announcer Mike Delpierre as we await the national anthem. Right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WSports.com, Michigan Lutheran Seminary at Harbor Beach. Your home for high school football right here. The WSW Sports Network. And Field Commanders McKara Kramer, Emily Geiger, and Assistant Field Commander Jordan Lemansky, as we honor America with our national anthem, conducted this evening by C- Senior Field Commander Emily Geiger.
So back to the trivia questions here, quick, Dave. When MLS opened, it was intended to be a pastoral training seminary. When they reopened in 1910, it was decided to transform the school into a prep school for college. Dave, in which is still the case today, which college is Michigan Lutheran Seminary intended to be a prep school for? Oh, I sure do they... not have a guess there. I don't even know. <laughs> That's hard to believe. It's actually Martin Luther College in New Ulm, Minnesota. Despite the school turning into a prep school, they kept the name of seminary as a sign of good faith to his history because we know how much German Lutherans love change. Zion Lutheran School in Harbor Beach is home to some very famous graduates, which includes Aaron Wood and Ryan Brown. <laughs> the question, though, to you, Dave, is what school is older, Michigan Lutheran Seminary or Zion Lutheran? Ooh, ooh. Um, you wouldn't have included Zion in here if it wasn't that. I'll go with Zion. It is, in fact, Zion. <laughs> Two years older than Michigan Lutheran Seminary. It was moved from a mile south of town to its current location at Garden and 3rd in 1890 so students wouldn't have to walk through muddy roads and swamps and perhaps even uphill both ways through two feet of snow. Well, uh, I gotta, I'm got. i going to throw you a curveball this okay. week because I have a trivia question well, for you. This is not how this works today. I understand this, okay. but I have one for you and it is football related. Okay. I, I learned it today and uh, a good friend of mine I promised him that I'd ask you tonight okay. see if you knew uh, the answer. What you got? Which high school football team in the state of Michigan, has the most wins. The most Which wins. Which school? Correct. Totals. We're not talking percentage. We're not talking most wins. Doesn't matter. Which division? I'd doesn't say, matter. Uh, class. Class doesn't Farmington matter. Farmington Hills Harrison. Good guess. Not there. Muskegon. Muskegon High School. Muskegon, Muskegon Central. Correct. Wow, okay. Well, we're I learned that today. I thought that was a great question. I told go. him, I said, I'm going to ask Clark tonight. Harbor Beach won the toss to start this game. They elected to defer. So Luke Woodkey is kicking off from his own 40-yard line on the right side of your radio. The kick is an onside kick. It bounces at the 38, and the NLS tries to save it as it goes out of bounds at the 39 mile at 39 miles an hour, 39 yard line, and it goes out of bounds. The flags fly, and we have a illegal procedure against Harbor Beach. Oh, it was very close. I actually thought Saginaw uh, MLS tried to get a hold of it and get their hands on it before it went out of bounds, which would have killed it dead right there. But uh, instead, uh, you'll get your legal procedure and Saginaw MLS will get their first possession of the evening. And so the, one of the choices is where it goes out of bounds, which is at the 39-yard line. So that's where MLS will start their first drive left or right across the radio with the wind in their face. It's currently 40 degrees with mostly cloudy skies. We had a hint of rain come through earlier. Sunrise was at 7.08, sunset at 6.20. And they're coming out in the pistol formation with running back on either side of Nordley. One step in, one step aside from either. That's actually A.J. Alcorn, and it's a pitch out to Nordley. And he's brought down to the backfield, way back into the 32-yard line by Ethan Hessling with a quick start for Harbor Beach's defense. Right, so you see Nordley and Alcorn, the two big quarterbacks, on the field at the same time. They bring a wide receiver from right to left in motion. And as Clark said, there's two running backs in the backfield, and they take Nordley and follow him around that jet sweeper and pitch it to him deep and uh, not fooled at all 42 Ethan Hessling makes a big tackle in the backfield and now it's second down and long for Saginaw MLS 16 yards ago same exact formation receiver wide each way out of the pistol would be Alcorn handoff right at the middle to number 16 that would be Tobias Edgett he gets out for maybe three four yards out to the 37 yard line <laughs> before the black jerseys come through and stopped by Nathan Seaman outside linebacker leading the charge it's now third down and 11. Harbor Beach is big up the middle. Those big front four defensive tackles, defensive ends. They are big. They are fast. A couple Smiglinskis, Kirsch, Deer. Those guys are tough to move on that defensive line. If you've got the speed that Saginaw MLS claims they have, they're going to win this game by trying to attack the outside. If they're going to run up the middle, that Harbor Beach defense is going to feast on them all night long. They adjust the chains. It is third down and 12. 10.45 left in the first quarter. MLS on offense for the first time. No score. Receiver wide each way, same formation as the previous two plays. 
Alcorn in the shotgun. Tailback on either side of him. Looking to pass. Passes to the far sideline. This one is up and this one's caught. Converts on the first down right at midfield. And they're going to mark him down at the Harbor Beach 48-yard line. And that's Ethan Maeda with the catch. Their leading receiver. First and 10 MLS. Michael Anderson in coverage. And just a better route run by Ethan Maeda. He finds the first down marker. He puts his head down. Stops right there. Turns around and the nut ball comes right at him. Great throw and catch for a big first down. Pitch out to the right side to... That would be Nordley. He has the edge. He is brought down finally at the 33-yard line by number 16, Nathan Seaman. But there's a flag back at the 42-yard line, which might negate this uh, first down. And it's going to be holding against MLS. So this is going to push him back 10 yards from the spot of the foul, which is at the 42. So they'll be back in their own territory at their own 48-yard line. Repeat the down. First down and 12. And that's where I think Saginaw MLS is going to have to try and survive is running to the outside. That time, the triple option as the quarterback fakes the handoff up the middle and then pitches it to the outside. It's his third option. And uh, that's Nordley, the big quarterback we were hearing so much about playing some running back as well showcasing his speed to the sideline but they was helped out thanks to a holding call so replay first down looks like a one or two yard loss first down and 12 for Saginaw MLS. Alcorn at the shotgun receiver wide working off the right hash of the 49 yard line in their own territory. It's going to be quarterback keeper. Now he pitches his out, and there's a fumble on the ball, and Nordley has to scoop it up back at the 40-yard line. They're going to say the fumble was at the right at the 39, perhaps the 41. Big stop there for Harbor Beach on the fumble. And this is going to set up a second down and a long ways to go. Luke Woodkey on the stop. I'm not sure who was that hit the quarterback. It might have been Michael Anderson, a Ethan 42, Hesling. Ethan Hessling. Uh, hit the quarterback as he was trying to keep it and run that triple option to the far side of the field. And he, as he's getting hit, Elkhorn then tries to pitch it to Nordley. And that does not go well as it just kind of squirts out and uh, Nordley recovers it. But another big loss. And it's second down and 20 for the Cardinals. Receiver wide each way. And they're now pitching out to the right side. Another fumble. Nordley has to jump on it at the 34-yard line. And they're going to mark it. His course was down on the point of contact with the ground at the 35-yard line. So another loss of five in the play. And now it's third down in a country mile from the 35-yard line. Wow, Mr. Elkhorn meet Evan Smiglinski. If you're not going to block him uh, like a diesel engine coming at you, and he absolutely explodes and lays Elkhorn out on the ground. So not a surprise that that pitch was a little off the mark as uh, a giant tree run at him basically he just pitched it away and, and all Nordley could do is jump on it so yet another big loss for uh, MLS here and they are now third and 26. Two wide each way he has Alcorn has Nordley to his right and it's looking back to pass staying in the pocket now rolling to his right throwing downfield to the near sideline this one has no one around him and Harbor Beach nearly intercepts it at the 35 yard line but it was out of bounds that would be Mason Booms in coverage incomplete pass and now it's fourth down and 26 yards to go for MLS. Uh, nice job by the Saginaw MLS offensive line. They created a pocket. Alcorn then rolled out of it to buy himself more time. The problem was is he, he actually had a receiver open and overthrew him into double coverage, which is where Mason Booms and Dylan Kadar were. He had a chance to get a receiver for about half of the distance needed and some room to run, but he tried for it all and it floated out of bounds harmlessly. So they will punt it away here to the Harbor Beach Pirates. MLS ends up with negative four yards over three and a half minutes and it bounces at the punt from number 24 that would be A.J. Alcorn and it comes to rest of the 36 yard line where Harbor Beach will start on their first offensive drive of the night right to left across your radio 0-0 8-14 left in the first quarter 
That was a good defensive series there for the Pirates, but you did get a little taste of what Saginaw MLS can do, and it's very similar to Harvard Beach does, is they're man-to-man coverage, one-on-one, and they're going to trust that their receivers are going to run better routes. And uh, the one pass that they completed was a huge third-down conversion, and it was simply because he ran a good route, planted his feet, and the timing was perfect. Uh, So Saginaw MLS may look at that on future drives and see as something they can do, but they're going to have to run the football if they want to open up that passing game. Harvard Beach starting out in the three-man tee, and then Kater under center. And a handoff to number 12, Michael Anderson has positive yards and falls forward all the way out to the 44-yard line. It's topped by MLS's 62, Cole Brookenheisen. He's a defensive lineman, six foot, 240-pound, 45 senior. Second down and two after an eight-yard game. Never a surprise with Coach Schelke because you don't really know what he's going to do Um, now that he has this newfound spread offense playbook he's had for a few years now. So just when you think you got a spread versus spread start, not so fast. He pulls the brakes on that, throws the wing tee at you, and Michael Anderson gets uh, eight quick yards on their first carry. Four men front for MLS. Gator under center. Second down and two. Hand off to Devin Puff. Finds a seam. Gets out to about the other side of the 45-yard line, maybe out to the 46. Tackle made by Tobias Edgett, the middle linebacker for MLS. And this is going to be very close to that first down marker. Looks like he's short by about a foot. He'll bring a third down in inches. Yes, not, not much running room there as Saginaw MLS does a nice job plugging the holes, forcing Devin Puff to kick it to the outside uh, where he meets more white jerseys and goes down just short of the first down marker. So expect to see more of the same here, the wing tee. But for how long? I can't wait to see him spread it out. You know he wants to and will when needed. But I'm assuming through the tape that he watched, this is where this team was vulnerable. Just under seven minutes to play, and here the first score is no score. Harvard Beach on their first drive at the 46-yard line in their own territory. And out to Michael Anderson, has the first down and falls and dives out to the 49-yard line. That would be a three-yard gain. Another tackle by Tobias Edgett for MLS. Move the chains, first and ten for Harvard Beach at midfield. Yeah, they, they stuffed stuffed all the lanes, but Michael Anderson is able, is just so fast and shifty, he is able to dive right through that defensive line and just get enough for that first down and reset the chains as Harbor Beach gets their first first down of the night. Six and a half to play in the first, and now Harbor Beach changes things up, sends two wide to the right, one to the left, that's Mason Booms, and two men in the backfield with Kadar in the shotgun. Anderson and Puff in the backfield. Wide to the right would be Seaman and Woodgate. Wayne the snap, the snap back, and now it's a handoff right up to Michael Anderson. Has room to Watch run. Out. He's down to the 40, to the 35. Cuts out and pushed out of bounds at the 33-yard line. And they're going to mark him out of bounds right at the 24-yard line. First and 10 for Harbor Beach, and the Pirates are flying down the field. Here's where Harbor Beach is going to have advantage if they run the tee. It's man-to-man coverage all the way across the field. But Saginaw MLS keeps a deep safety, which means there is one guy less in the box. And if man-to-man blocking up front, Harbor Beach is going to have a lot of running room. That safety has got a big job to try and find that runner as he's in open field. And Michael Anderson had a huge hole to run through. I, Clark, I think you and I could have ran through that hole. <laughs> it was like driving through Dallas. That's right. Absolutely. Six minutes and ten seconds left here in the first half, first quarter. 0-0. Kadar in the shotgun. First and ten from the 24-yard line. Handoff. Actually, quarterback keeper to the left side. Kadar has positive yards. Across the 20. Jumps over the 15. Down to about the 13-yard line. But a flag is way back at the 17. Tackle made by Jacob Clark. Defensive end, but a flag is in this one. Not sure exactly. This could be offensive holding. 
against uh, Mason Boone. Yeah, absolutely. If it is holding, that's exactly who it is. That's exactly what it is. And this is going to push him back 10 yards for the start of the foul, which is at the 17. So it'll be at the 27. So negates everything there on that first down run from Kadar. And now it's first down and 13. A very important uh, game plan for Harbor Beach is when they go to the spread. Decision-making is going to be in the trust of number 10, Dylan Kadar, and he is going to have to make those type of decisions. He's going to have to read the ends, whether he lets the ball be handed off to Michael Anderson or Devin Poff or whoever's in the backfield, or does he take it back and keep it himself? That time, he made an excellent decision and had lots of running room if it wasn't for the penalty. Back to the tee from the 27-yard line. And Kadar trying to go for the hard count, almost gets him to bite, and hand off to Anderson. Has across the 25, and the forward motion stops him at about the 24-yard line, which is the original line of scrimmage. Tackle made by Juke, uh, J- Joshua Bannock, the defensive tackle for Michigan Lutheran Seminary. Second down, 10 to go. I'm surprised with it being long distance. He goes right back to the T in that situation, but that run gets them back to the line of scrimmage so harbor beach will look at second down and 10 yards to go from the cardinal 24 yard line 10 yards to go the first down marker way down to the 14 yard line mason booms wide to the left seaman and woodkey wide to the right back to the spread offense kadar gets the snap and no one there to know he's going to run to the far sideline has a little bit leaps across the 20 and is brought down They're going to say at the 21-yard line after a three-yard gain. Looked like a miscommunication there. Absolutely, but that's what I'm talking about. That play was totally busted, and that's a a screw-up. I'm going to guess on quarterback Kadar is when he grabbed the ball and he looked around to hand it off, both running backs went the opposite way. There was absolutely nobody there, but he didn't panic. He rolled out to the right where he had the absolute most space to work with, and he ends up turning a play that should have lost three yards into a five-yard or four-yard gain, which is very impressive. Those plays mean a lot in the longevity of a game and keeping your offense on the field. Now third down is somewhat reasonable. They mark the ball at the 20-yard line, third down and six for Harbor Beach, two wide each way. Now Anderson in the slot to the left. Kadar back to pass, throws it down to Anderson. This one's overthrown at the two-yard line, incomplete. And now Harbor Beach facing a fourth down and six from the 20-yard line. Wow, they're way too deep into the Saginaw MLS territory to not go for it, but it was... It was a good route. Michael Anderson had one-on-one coverage. It was a deep post route. And as he gets right to the point where he wants to break in, he turns upfield and shows his hand. And that ball's just a little bit overthrown and led too much. Goes harmlessly to the ground, but definitely a better throw. And if you watch Kadar, as soon as he let it go, he had his hands on his helmet. He knew he missed him. Uh, So we'll see what Coach, uh, Coach Schelke thinks here on fourth down and six. But I would be shocked if they don't let him throw it again. Same formation, Anderson in the slot to the left. There's the snap and staying in the pocket to pass down to the goal line to Anderson into the ants and he dropped it in the end zone and then it's going to be a turnover on downs with 423 left in the first quarter 0-0 MLS back on offense for the second time. Wow now that one was a very good throw. Hayden Hain was in coverage uh he had, but he was beat by a step, and that ball had the air time. It had that he dropped it right over the back shoulder into both hands. Both arms were extended, but into both hands, and that ball just sails to the ground carefully. Uh, a catch that Michael Anderson knew he should probably make, but nonetheless, this game remains scoreless, and the Saginaw MLS defense gets off the field without allowing a point. 423 left in the first quarter, 0 0. Harbor Beach and MLS in the first week of the Division 8 playoffs of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Spread each way, one, and looks like Alcorn in the shotgun, running back on either side of him. 
It's going to be a screen pass to the left to Nordley. He has room. There's a holding plague at flag, and this one's going to be tackled finally at the 29-yard line for a nine-yard gain. Number 75 on the tackle. That'll be Jacob Kirsch, defensive tackle. And this one's going to be walking back from the 21-yard line. That was an obvious blatant hold. Uh, number <laughs> yeah. 16, 16 was Tobias Edgett. Uh, he is out in the open blocking the, the linebacker who was free. Completely just grabs him by the middle of the jersey and hangs on for the ride. <laughs> the official probably laughed as he was throwing that official. That was that obvious. And that one's going to back up 10 yards for Saginaw MLS. First down and el- uh, 20 now for MLS after the 10-yard hold. That's actually the second hold against Edgett as well on the same exact play. 4.05 left in the first quarter. No score from Hover Beach. MLS on offense for the second time tonight. They're facing a first and 20 from their own 11-yard line. Receiver wide each way, working off the right hash. And watching that play develop, he doesn't have to hold. He just has to be there to disrupt the flow of that play. Nordley has enough speed and athleticism to make plays happen in space. So he didn't have to hold, but he did, and it's going to cost his team 10 yards. But these negative plays that Saginaw MLS has had has completely taken uh, their momentum away to start this game. They've had to make a, a really nice pass to keep the first series alive. Same formation, man in motion now to the far sideline. That is Ben Schaff. Elkhorn, options out to the left to Nordley. Nordley trying to find anywhere, and he gets absolutely nowhere, and he is absolutely stopped at the 11-yard line for no gain on the play. Hover reaches defense, led by Michael Anderson, stops Nordley on that one for no gain. Second down, 20 to go. And certainly, Harbor Beach has... Ready, was ready for this playbook because the option has been what Saginaw MLS has predominantly done here this evening, and the quarterback is taking a hit. He's pitching at the last second, and when Nordley's gotten the ball, he has met guys at the line of scrimmage, and not just one. He's met multiple Harbor Beach defenders and hasn't been able to do anything with it. No gain on the play. Receiver wide each way. Once again, now working off the left hash at the 11-yard line. Second down and 21st down markers at the 31. Staying in the pocket, Alcorn throws downfield at the hash. This was intercepted by Dylan Cater at the 31. Down to the 20, to the 15, cuts back to midfield. He's running sideways now. Barry Sanders to the near sideline at the 11-yard line and runs out of bounds to the 10. And that's a huge turn of uh, possession and a huge change of momentum for the Harbor Beach Pirates. Absolutely, and uh, it was one-on-one coverage. Michael Anderson was out there guarding his guy, and he was playing some press coverage, allowing some space to run down the field, but he kept the deep route away, but it was a post route, and he planted his foot, come towards the center of the field, and guess who's playing not only deep safety, but center field out there? That's Dylan Kadar, and as a court from one quarterback to another, he knows to watch their eyes, and when he let go of that football, Dylan Kadar is just standing out there waiting for it to come right into his arms. He jumps the route and turns this game right upside down as Harbor Beach is now first down at the 11-yard line of Saginaw MLS. Working from the 11-yard line, first in 10, back to the T formation. Handoff to Devin Puff, cuts in from the B-gap to the right side. Tries to get across the 10-yard line. Not much else going there. Tackled led by Nathan Seifert, defensive lineman, 6'4", 220-pound junior for MLS. Second down and nine. Nowhere to go as they've tried to attack the middle of the field. Harbor Beach has a couple times, but uh, other than that first run of the game by Michael Anderson, it's been one and two yards. And even Devin Puff fighting for extra yardage gets very little, maybe one on the play. We'll see. I, I think he goes right back to the spread here, Clark, and see if he can't loosen up this defense. That's ex- oh, there's Spain. Nathan Seaman wide to the right, Anderson wide to the left, and in the slot would be Woodkey to the left as well. 
Spread formation, Kadar in the shotgun, has Pump to his left and Hessling to his right and Keeper to the left side. And he's going to be brought in from behind. Leading the way was number 27, Reagan Moore. Outside linebacker, sniffed that one out for a loss of two on the play. Third down and 11 for Harbor Beach at the 12-yard line. I like the spread, uh, but the call, that, that one, you won't see that play called the rest of the night. And here's why. When you pull the guard from the right side to the left, there's a design run to Kadar. He gets the ball, and his two lead blockers are sealing the edge. Well, they're picking up defenders, but Dylan Kadar is just patiently waiting for that hole to open. And by the time it does, uh, great play there by the defense. Moore as he makes a tackle from behind as he catches up with the play. Just took too long to develop, and now third down and a long ways to go for Harbor Beach. Now with Kadar just puffed to his right, two receivers wide each way, staying in the pocket, going to the far corner of the end zone, and in and out of the hands of Michael Anderson once again. Good coverage there by Emma. MLS of the seven-yard line incomplete. Third down and 11 from the 12-yard. Excuse me, fourth down and 11. When you run the read option, it does not work if the play is predetermined. That throw was predetermined, Clark. He had four receivers on the field, and he was told to do one thing. Look left and then throw it. The second thing is to throw it over to Michael Anderson. And I uh, guess where Saginaw MLS had their only double team. It was uh, He was in the slot. He took three steps in and a hard out. The throw was good, but even if it was completed, it was only going to be about a four-yard gain. Um, if Harbor Beach is going to go for it, which they are in fourth down, would have liked to have seen something down the middle of the field. Snap back in his hand out to Michael Anderson. Down to the eight-yard line at the five, and he's going to be brought down short of the first down marker at the five-yard line. It's going to be a gain of seven, but short by four yards. Another turnover on downs, and Harbor Beach comes up empty-handed. 0-0, minute 24 left. I think Harbor Beach is most dangerous with Devin Puff, Dylan Kadar, and Michael Anderson all in the backfield at once. You don't know who's going to get the handoff. You don't know where the read option is going to be. And if you're a defense, it's very important for gap discipline and tackling in open space, which is why that play worked really well for five easy yards. And if Anderson slips that tackle, he scores. So I, I look for the offense to do more of that, more spread offense, more read option, trusting Kadar to make the right reads um, and mix it and mix in some throws. But now it'll be first down from the their own five-yard line as Max Nordley looks like he's going to take over at quarterback. And that's exactly what's going to happen, except they were short one player, so MLS is going to take a timeout with a minute 24 left here in the first quarter. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, 0-0 between MLS and Harbor Beach on the Sports Radio 1021. First and 10 for MLS at their five-yard line. Max Norley now at quarterback, and his quarterback keeper to the right side, and he has absolutely nowhere to go. He pushes the pile forward out to the seven-yard line, but big man 76, Evan Smiglinski, is <laughs> a brick wall there in front of him. A three-yard gain, second down and seven from the eight-yard line. Uh, I don't mind the change. The offense was stalling under Saginaw MLS. Max Nordley is supposed to be the guy, so they move him around, try to create some openings with their offense by moving him at quarterback, and he runs the read option, keeps it for himself, and he, he gets... He runs into the back of his own tackle because Evan Smiglinski pushed him that far back. Uh, and then Smiglinski is probably going to be credited with that tackle. 
of the tackle and the quarterback on the same play. Uh, very impressive, and that play goes nowhere. Similar plays here for Saginaw MLS. They'll bring an extra running back, two of them in the backfield, keeping Nordley company. 40 seconds left here in the first quarter. Man in motion to the near sideline. Passing, looking to his left. Now nowhere to go. Nordley breaking out of that huddle, out of that pocket, and he spins out of his first tackle. He's very close to that first down marker at the 15-yard line. Looks like he has it as they mark him down at the 16 tackle made by Ethan Hessling. That's a eight-yard gain to move the chains for MLS with 25 seconds left in the first. I, I like the decision-making, and I like the composure in the pocket. You can tell he is very comfortable at quarterback. He looked left. He looked right. Didn't panic when he didn't like anything that he saw. He simply tucked the ball and then read. He then read the defensive tackles, picked a gap, and ran through it and took eight yards on that play. Uh, the offensive line did a great job for Saginaw MLS there. We've reached the end of the first score with no score between MLS and Harbor Beach right here on Sports Radio 1021. The MHSA playoffs is your home right here on the WLW Sports Network. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. We've played one quarter and no one has scored. Both teams have had two full drives and MLS now on their third drive, which started the five-yard line. They're now up to the 16 on a first and 10 right to left across your radio. Receiver wide each way. Or excuse me, three wide to the right, one to the left. Looks like Max Nordley still at quarterback and has wide to, to his left would be Tobias Edgett, the running back. There's the whistle and we're ready to start the second quarter. No score between MLS and Harbor Beach. Max Nordley on the straight draw to the right side. He's out of the backfield and he breaks free of his second tackle. Cuts back inside and he's finally stopped at the 29-yard line for a 13-yard gain. Tackle made by Nathan Seaman, outside linebacker for Harbor Beach. Slippery and fast quarterback for MLS. Absolutely, and he's great in open space as he simply just can change directions. Even on a, a, a soggy field, he's able to change directions easily, make guys miss. Uh, doesn't blow you away with speed, but very quick, agile, change of direction is very good, and he makes that look very easy and gets a first down for Saginaw MLS. First and 10 from the 29-yard line. 11.35 left in the first half. Three wide to the right, one to the left, working off the left hash. Nordley in the shotgun. Quarterback keeper draws right up for the front, and he goes nowhere as big man 75, Jacob Kirsch, 6'4", 220-pound senior, stops him for after just a gain of a yard and pushes him into the backfield. Second down and nine from the 30-yard line. Yeah, Dakota Deer not far away either, but when he challenges the middle of the field, that's when those defensive tackles and defensive linemen are able to get off their blocks, stick those big bear paws out, and absolutely stop his momentum right there and drive him backward for no gain on the play. 11 minutes left here in the second quarter, 0-0, MLS against Harbor Beach. MLS on their third drive, right to left cross the radio at the 30-yard line. Second down and nine. Three wide to the right, one to the left. Edge to the left of Nordley. Back to pass and has man caught at the 38-yard line, and he's brought down to the 41-yard line. That would be Ben Schaff on the, on the catch and the tackle made by Nathan Seaman for Harbor Beach. Another first down for MLS at their own 41-yard line. Very interesting. Harbor Beach is typically a man-to-man coverage team, and that time well, with three receivers on one side, they run a little zone. You can see two different 
uh, cornerbacks at different depths, and then obviously Kadar takes the deep receiver. Going in a hurry-up offense now, and it's pass out to number three. That'd be Ethan Maeda out of the 48-yard line. This one is caught for an eight-yard gain. Second down in two now from the 49-yard line. And that was the difference in that play is is when Maeda plants his foot and turns around, he does the same thing as Michael Anderson. Michael Anderson slides ahead before he can come back to the football. So it's an easy throw and catch to Maeda, and he's able to get eight yards. And it's the quarterback keeper right up the middle. Now he's trying to go to the left side, but there's Jacob Kirsch to stop him for a loss of two on the play. Back out to the 47-yard line. Going to set up a third down in a short three, maybe a long three, long short four from the 47-yard line. Third down four. How impressive was that tackle by Jacob Kirsch? No he is completely blocked out of the play, down to the ground, and he's still able to reach up as he's going down, grab a hold of the jersey, and not let go. He's able to pull Norley down to the ground. Very impressive show of strength there, and uh, a big play for the Harbor Beach defense. A two-yard loss brings up third down and four. Pirates looking for a stop here. Nine and a half to play in the first half. No score. Two wide to the right, two wide to the left. Norley in the shotgun. And he has, looks like, Hayden Hayne to his left. Man in motion to the far. That would be Pan, Panko. Nordley on the keeper. Goes right at the middle, and he is going to be brought down to the 49-yard line. That'll be enough to move the chains, according to the near sideline judge here. He's over the 48-and-a-half. Leading the way would be Luke Woodkey, outside linebacker for Harbor Beach, but it's going to be enough to move the chains yet again now into Harbor Beach territory, the 48. Just got enough, but he did. He certainly did. He followed his running back through, and it's a – with this formation, with the way they're playing the football, he can throw the ball, but he is the lead running back still. That ball is snapped to him, and the other running back is simply there to block whatever linebacker comes in free and then let Nordley decide where he's going from there. And that time they were able to create a hole on the left side, and he just plows forward ahead, pushing his fullback ahead they fight for that four yards and get just that for another first down as they cross over into harbor beach territory two wide each way nordley working off the left hash at the 49 of harbor beach first and 10 surveying the prairie there gets a snap passes to his right down the middle and this one is caught at the 38 yard line that'd be number 21 logan panko and is actually tackled by dylan kadar the safety down to the 32 yard line first and 10 stops the clock with 837 oh ethan hessling was so close to taking that ball away nordley staring down his slot receiver ethan hessling's on the line of scrimmage drops back into coverage and almost drops right underneath that pass nordley rolling to his right back to pass has no one open and this one's in and into the hands of the 28 yard line but they're going to say he stepped out of bounds as the initial pass was uh, on the line and incomplete as it was actually tipped into a receiver downfield at the 18. Incomplete second and 10. There's no fear in Nordley. He, is no. not, he, he had nothing there and he tried to simply throw it throw a receiver open and that ball does what normally happens it is tipped into defensive territory and his receiver the other receiver out there came from out of bounds into play to make that catch which means that doesn't count incomplete second down and 10. Same formation two wide each way Hayden Hayne to his left that'd be Nordley it's the handoff to Hayden and he's going absolutely nowhere as Evan Smiglinski rips him down and at the original line of scrimmage at the 31-yard line. Now third down, and we'll call it nine and a half. Yeah, that, again, when you're going to run the ball up the middle, that 76 needs two guys on him, and he simply does not. He sheds the blocker and finds the running back, and he throws him right down next to him. Big-time stop by the defensive line of Harbor Beach, bringing up third down and nine for Saginaw MLS. 7.55 left here in the first half. Max Sternley gets the call from his coach 
on the sideline now runs back into the huddle. We see no time coming to the huddle, spreading, spreading too wide each way. Nordley stands at his own 35 out of the shotgun. Man in motion to the far, that's Panko. Now rolling to his right, and Gorbak Keeper around the right end, and he gets out for maybe a yard, and he is stopped in his tracks at the 30-yard line. Nathan Seaman read that one, and they're going to say a gain of a yard out to the 30, now fourth down in seven. I like the call for a second on the last. Here's why. I think it's four down territory, so yeah. you didn't really need him to throw it for 10 yards to get the first down. What you needed was about a four- or five-yard run. Credit Harbor Beach, they responded well and stopped that play after a very short game, but it's fourth down in and seven, and I, I see no reason why Saginaw MLS wouldn't put the ball in Nordley's hands and see what happens. Fourth down and seven. They need to get down to the 23-yard line. They're at their, the 29 of Harbor Beach. Fourth down and seven. Nordley back into the huddle, and they run to the line, literally run to the line. Two wide each way, and we have whistles, and this is going to be another timeout called by MLS. They'll be the second of the half. 6.45 left in the second quarter. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. left in the first half, and MLS just called their second timeout. They're facing a fourth down and seven from the 29-yard line of Harbor Beach. Right to left cross your radio. Norley in the shotgun, working off the right hash. Has man in motion now, coming out of the backfield. Empty set for Nordley. Looking downfield, nothing there. Rolling to his right. Let's this this one fly down midfield, and this one's in the double coverage and batted down by Harbor Beach. Incomplete, and now MLS has their first turnover and downs in the night. And Harbor Beach back on offense with a 0-0 tie. I love the, I love the defensive job by Harbor Beach there. They, the defensive line creates pressure, forces Nordley to roll to the right, which pretty much eliminates the two receivers on the left side of the field. The, the defensive coverage on the right side was very good. He kind of throws it up for grabs, knowing that it's basically like a punt. If they pick it off, that's fine, which is why it was a very smart defensive play by number nine, Mason Booms. You don't need the interception. You're getting the ball at the 29-yard line. Knock that thing to the ground. That's what he does, and the defense of Harbor Beach makes a fourth down stand. Wind in the face of Dylan Kadar out of the shotgun, handoff to Devin Puff, and he breaks free of his first tackle and struggles back to get back to the original line of scrimmage of the 30. Tackle made by Jacob Clark, defensive end, 5'10", 160-pound senior. Second down and 10 from the 30, 6'25 left in the half. Michael Anderson always finds a way to get his, but Devin Puff is a guy that they love to get going because when he goes, the rest of the team, it seems to just fall in line. When that power back, he's very emotional. He's very excited, and he loves even a two-yard run. If he runs somebody over, that is a big play for them, and that, those, that's the guy they want to get going. But now they go back to the wing tee here on second and long. Keep an eye on Michael Anderson. Kadar under center, three men backfield. Puff, Hessling, and Anderson. Hand off to Puff, and he gets out to the 30-yard line again, and he's stopped by the defensive end number 44, Nathan Seifert, 6'4", 220-pound junior. They're going to say four progress got him out to the 29 
A gain of yard, third down in nine for Harbor Beach. 540 left in the half. 0-0 ball game. A lot of delayed runs out of the wing tee. You're not seeing him give it to the first guy nor the second guy. It tends to be the third guy, and it just takes that extra couple seconds to show those fakes before you finally give it to your running back. And when Devin Puff gets it, there are already white jerseys all over the line of scrimmage, nowhere to go. And even with his strength, he's able to fight for a half a yard at most. And now it's third down and nine for the Pirates. Back to the spread formation. Puff wide to the to, to Kadar's right. Hand off to Puff right at the middle, and he gets maybe another yard out to the 32-yard line this time as he went right to the hands of about three jerseys and led by number 62, Cole Brockenheisen for MLS. Fourth down and eight for Harbor Beach deep in their own territory. Three straight runs in different formations, different ways right to Devin Puff and he accumulates a total of three yards on those runs deep in your own territory. You got to trust your defense. I expect uh, them to punt it away here to Saginaw MLS. Fourth down and eight from the 32-yard line. And they have Dylan Kadar in the extended shotgun and Anderson wide out left. Puff is to the right of Kadar. There's the snap and a punt out of the extended shotgun. It's a high punt, bounces at the 45 and takes a Harbor Beach bounce down to the 43. And that's where Anderson will down it for Harbor Beach. 423 left in the half and MLS is back on offense. No score yet in this Division 8 pre-district ball game. None left at all, and 4.23 to go in the half. Second on MLS with pretty good field position. Punt was okay by Kadar. They punted out of the shotgun formation. I, I think Harbor Beach is the only school I've seen do that, and uh, it works pretty well, but this defense is going to have to answer the call one more time. 4.23 left in the half. MLS back on offense at their own 43-yard line. First and 10, right to left, cross your radio. Receiver wide to left, Ethan Maeta. Nordley in the shotgun has a running back on either side of him. It's a handoff right up the middle, and this one goes absolutely nowhere into the hands of 36, Hayden Hain. And Devin Puff stops him, but in forward progress, they're going to say he has him out to the 46-yard line, a remarkably three-yard gain. Second down and seven. You can see it just pains Nordley. You can see it from here to hand the ball off. It just <laughs> no bothers kidding. him so much, and he, he hands it off knowing that that ball is going nowhere, almost like it's predetermined where the ball needs to go. So it goes right into the teeth of that defense and just a couple yards maybe, so now they spread it back out. Nordley, quarterback keeper to the left side, comes around the left end, tries to find a seam, and he stopped right at midfield after a four-yard gain. Leading the way was Devin Puff as well as Michael Anderson on that stop for Harbor Beach. Now third down and three from midfield. They need to get out to the 47 of Harbor Beach. You know, a few years back at the state finals game uh, that Deckerville was in, I think it was Rapid Central River Lake. was it Rapid River or Central, Central Lake, Lake where it was literally they snapped it to the quarterback and the running back just led the way and it was run right run left it reminds yep. me of that offense completely throwing the ball is an option but when you have an elite athlete like Nordley is they just snap the ball and let him run it let him throw it he does what he wants Nordley on the keeper coming out of the gap and he is going to be brought down as he lunges forward on a second effort all the way out to the 46 yard line and he gets a first down by a yard a tackle made by Dakota Deer defensive tackle but not until after MLS moves the chains yet again 308 left in the half he looks to pass doesn't like anything he sees instantly he makes no hesitation that he will run the football and carry and Dakota Deer did an excellent job there making contact with him at the line of scrimmage but was unable to get him off his feet and a very impressive show of strength there by Nordley as he's able to stretch and dive ahead where I thought he was going to get one. He got all three yards that he needed in a first down. 
Trips to the right, one to the left. Norley in the shotgun. Staying in the pocket, now screen pass out to the left side. It is caught by Hain, and Hain is brought down by Devin Puff at the 40-yard line. After a five-yard gain, and clock continues to roll down. Two and a half to play in the half. Second down and five. Well set up screen play, but number 62, Cole Brockheisen, completely whiffed on that block as Devin Puff is able to shed that block in open space and make the tackle. Uh, that play only went for six yards, but it could have went for a lot more. Puff doesn't make that great play. Second down, five from the 40-yard line. Quarterback keeper this time to the left side, and Devin Puff is there to meet him at the 36-yard line, and that's where forward progress will stop. Looks like he's going to be shy of the first down by a yard. Same with third down and short, third in less than a yard to go. Two minutes to remain. It's it, when it, Just when it seems like Harbich makes a great play, it's Nordley's already got three yards. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable how, how quick he gets to up the field where he needs to be. Third down and one and be hard-pressed to see that they take the ball out of his hands here. Minute 45, MLS has just one timeout remaining. They've already used two, one in the first quarter and halfway through the second quarter. Nordley back in the huddle. When you're 6-3 and three and you're on the road in the playoff game, you have the ball with under two minutes to go on the road. Uh, this team has already won the first half because unless there's a pick six or a huge play, Harbor Beach isn't scoring in this first half. Nordley on the quarterback keeper. He dives back inside, and he has the first down as they stop him right at the 35-yard line. He'll have it by about a foot, maybe two. Tackle made by Evans McClinsky for Harbor Beach. Moves the chain, stops the clock momentarily with a minute 23 remaining. Uh, again, a, a great defensive stand there by Harbor Beach, but Nordley is just that much better. There was no running room whatsoever. He just takes two efforts and just pushes his offensive line forward for that full yard that he needs and gets a first down and temporarily stops the clock, but we're under a minute 20 now to go in this half. Minute 12 remain here. Two wide each way. Norley in the shotgun has Hain to his right. There's a snap, and it's an option out to the right side, out to Hain. Hain has it, and he has about four yards out, maybe three, out to the 32-yard line, 33-yard line. Tackle made by Nathan Seaman out in the flats on that far sideline. Third, second down, eight to go. Got to love the, the change of direction by the Harbour Beach defense. Nordley gives the ball up. Great penetration by the defense to make him pitch it out in that option pass. But not only you see a linebacker, you see a defensive back. One was Eli, uh, Seaman, one was Mason Booms to help out the linebacker who made the tackle. Uh, Ethan Hessling was the other one they got over there. Three Harbor Beach Pirates over there swarming to the football. Man coverage for the Pirates in the shotgun and spread Nordley and in the pocket looking to pass downfield to the corner in the wide open and he's overthrown it in the end zone to number 23 David Martin wide receiver and he had if that was not under overthrown that would have been a touchdown. Absolutely and uh, you can see probably two of your better cornerbacks in uh, that would be the quarterback, Michael Anderson, and, uh, excuse me, cornerback, Michael Anderson, and Kadar back there, and both of them collapsed to the under route, and uh, they misread the quarterback's eyes. He launched it deep, and that ball sailed on him and harmlessly falls to the ground. But now it's third down and fairly long now for Saginaw MLS, but as you can see, with the spread offense and the ability to throw the football, big plays can happen in the blink of an eye. Stops the clock with 22 seconds remaining. Third down and eight from the 32-yard line. Norley in the shotgun as Hain to his left, rolling to his left, looking to pass downfield. Same exact spot as the last one down into the end zone, and this one is into the hands of Maeda and out of out of his hands. Good coverage there by Harbor Beach. Dylan Kadar there as well as Michael Anderson. Incomplete. Fourth down and eight with 13 seconds left. That was a beautifully thrown football across his body from Nordley as it comes into the back of the end zone, and it gets to the hands of his favorite receiver, Maeda, 
tight coverage by Michael Anderson. He gets a hand up, and that ball goes right by his hand into the arms. And if it wasn't for the, the crash at the end by Dylan Kadar to come over and lay the big hit on him, that ball, he jars it loose. That ball falls to the ground, and now fourth down and eight for Saginaw MLS. And with 13 seconds left, MLS calls a timeout. Dave, we're seeing after that first uh, incomplete pass into the end zone, MLS went straight back to that same exact spot. Do they sense a weakness there? I, I don't know if they sense a weakness, but I, they trust their receivers to make a play, and they knew that they had the play to beat them. It was just a, a mistimed football. It was a little bit overthrown, but if I'm Harbor Beach, I, I think I take two guys and I put them right at the goal line, one on each hash, and, and not allow... A, it's Hail Mary defense. I mean, this team isn't going to run it here. This is going to be a throw into the end zone and challenge the defensive backs of Harbor Beach. They're trying to steal points here on what's been an absolutely outstanding defensive performance by both teams. Uh, you would hate to have a one-on-one situation in the end zone where a receiver makes a great play. In this situation, I'd have two safeties back. I'd have my corners with press coverage or with uh, loose coverage. Give them all 10 yards. So no matter where the ball is thrown, I have double coverage on every receiver with a safety looking to come over and help and be that double team. Harbor Beach has had the ball in this quarter just for a minute 14. The rest has been MLS. This time a fourth and eight from the 33-yard line. 13 seconds remain. Man in motion, Nordley rolling to his right, throws downfield, and this one is tipped at the 20-yard line and falls incomplete at the 15-yard line. So Harbor Beach will have one last shot here with eight seconds remaining in the first half. But regardless, Harbor Beach comes up with a big defensive stop. A fairly quick throw. It was either either they were setting up a potential hook and ladder or they were trying to get a first down, stop the clock, and spike the ball and get another play that way. Uh, but either way, the ball is a little behind his receiver, and it deflects into the air behind him, but does falls to the ground incomplete. So yet again, a defense makes the stop. No points allowed. And now with just eight seconds to go in the half, Harbor Beach will get one play, two at the most. Harbor Beach with just two first downs in this first half. MLS has nine first downs as our spotter just pointed out harbor beach has all three timeouts i'm not sure how that will come into play but regardless in the t kadar is under center three men backfield they're going to run this one ethan hessling right up the gap out to the 41 yard line three seconds left and they're just going to let this one run out and we have reached halftime the same way we started this ball game zeros on the scoreboard it is zero zero harbor beach and mls all squared up after 24 minutes of play in the first round of the MHSA playoffs right here on the W, LW Sports Network.